Welcome to a new edition of Miss Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with soul empowerment coach, Birgitta Visser. She is a Dutch mutt living the good life with her dog, a black mutt. She rescued from the streets of Florida. She's traveled the world rather extensively, having moved more times than her age, as being somewhat of a nomad in her blood. She's held down many a job from being a model, bartender, promo girl, dog walker, healer, web designer created her own organic soap line, designed jewelry, taught many holistic workshops, and maneuvered herself to holding a demanding job in the corporate industry. Today, she is a pro at surfing the cosmic dimensional waves across the multiverse, delivering the many messages she receives from the collective of light beings, ascended masters, archangels, and galactics in the hope that people will awaken to what life is all about. She's a fascinating interview. Enjoy. Thank you for taking a minute out. And I think before we get into your life um, with healing and uh, light empowerment and everything that you do, how did you survive COVID? How did you make it through the two-year period that we just went through? And how did that subsequently change not only the way that you live your life, but the way that you you conduct business? Well, that's a very interesting question. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't had a TV in a long time, so I'm not, I don't really live in that 3D reality, so to speak, right? But um, it changed me. It changed me in a different way. I think I, I, I mean, that's when I started to finish writing my book, and I reflected so much on the world and everything that was happening. But I also, you know, traveled inward and did a lot more healing. Um, and, and for me. To me, COVID is something positive. I call it, it's a label. Everything is a label. But it's something positive, right? Because people have this fear of dying, right? But isn't it really well? They have a fear of dying, but they also have a fear of living. So which is it? And um, to me, we're all energy. And it was just, I mean, I've never had any issues. But then I am very aware. And I know exactly when my body shuts down or something is wrong. And I go in for a healing session with one, a great healer called Louise Rhodes. And um, she does it virtual. And no matter what pains I've got, you know, it's after one session, it's gone. And of course, I started doing my meditation practice again, so that really helped. But I think for me, overall, it was very positive. Uh, it made me realize what I wanted to do in life because, you know, you had to stand still. And some people, I, I mean, Yes, I work like crazy, especially in, in the corporate world. I work 62, 50 to 60 hours a week. Um, but everything that I aspire to become is now happening. That's wonderful. And I think I hear that more and more about this time period. It's almost as though people are a little hesitant to be as positive about it. But I think there's a lot that happened with the world slowing down, recalibrating where you're at and what you want to do. Um, and with everything that you are and that you do, I want to simplify, not simplify what you do, but make it easy for people to understand. So I'm going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the kids looks up at you and says, what do you do for a living? How do you explain it? There are two things. Like I said, I'm in the corporate work. I work in oil and gas standardization. And the other part is that, that spiritual part where I help, where I inspire people to become their most authentic selves. And uh, that is a word, Joe, that's overused. Like, you know, what's authentic? Well, what does it even mean? 
it means that you accept one another first of all you accept one another and that's where the soul empowerment you know because i'm a soul empowerment coach so this it says it in the wording yeah i empower people to return to a love for their own soul so to speak and it's really about accepting one another and inspiring one another without judgment because people have so many opinions and that's the ego talking but it's just simply learning to listen learning to communicate from the heart and living from the heart rather than from a, from the mind analytical mind and just accepting one another embracing one another like the brothers and sisters we are i think that's the thing that i found really refreshing about doing podcasting is that it's opened up a portal in me to understand so many people like you that are doing such wonderful work and I think it is very powerful for all, for all of us to put our walls down and to accept each other and to, and to find that, um, that middle, that soul that we all have. Absolutely. And you know, for me, I mean, especially the last couple of years, I mean, my, my labels are gone. I have no shame. I have no fear. Because why, why should we have that? You know, that's society that's created that. And because of everything that I went through, you know, I, I mean, I carried that with me. And I, I pretty much, oh, I did, I did so many things. I mean, I, I was in toxic relationship. I dabbled in drugs. You know, I starved myself. I was in the abusive modeling industry. But, you know, all of that, I look back and I'm like, I'm so thankful for everything that I went through because how can I not be? You know, we go through trauma. And we can either sit in that victimhood or we, or we decide that, you know what, we want a better life. And we work on ourselves because ultimately we are responsible for our own lives. So let's go back to the beginnings of your life. Talk to me a little bit about how your childhood, you know, everything starts in the beginning. How did these seeds and these pieces of curiosity begin for you to get to where you're at right now? And when I start back to my childhood, well, <laughs> I always say, you know, it's quite funny. I always say we're all from the, we're all star seeds, right? We're all from the star, so to speak. And I call it we're we're pods. <laughs> we're seeds in a pod, soul in a pod. But um, I mean, I I was abused as a child. I think I, I was like 10, 11, and it wasn't my dad. It was by a friend of the family. But back in the eighties, you know, life was very very different. It's not like it is now, where people are are far more open. And so the thing is, I kept that inside of me. And so I had a couple of run-ins with some other very pervy men uh, in, in, in Malaysia where I grew up. I actually grew up in Singapore, Malaysia. But, um, you know, when you don't heal that trauma, ever you create another bit of trauma because that toxicity stays within you, that negative energy, that fear and everything stays within you. And so it's it snowballed because I was bullied at school when we returned to Holland, you know, because I was so skinny. And people wanted to copy my homework. I was, I remember going to, to camp in, um, uh, camping in, the, um, in Belgium, and one of the very popular kids just pulled me in front of the class, right, in the middle of the woods, and grabbed my arms and was just like, oh, look how skinny she is. But normally, you know, the bullies don't even remember that they did that because... Years later, he was saying to me, I don't even remember doing that to you. And, you know, my dad died when I was 14. Um, I just turned 14, and he had coronary heart disease. And he was somebody who he thought he could cure himself. He was very, very spiritual. 
So he wasn't balanced, so to speak. Uh, you know, because he also had a family to take care of. And my mom, I mean, my mom did a fabulous job because she started out with a debt. We had, we wore secondhand clothes, you know, we got appointed a council flat. My grandmother and her partner done some furniture. So it was very, yeah, I, I you know, and I, I was glad when high school was over. And then I decided to give the modeling a go. Well, that, that didn't pan out very well for me because I have thick skin. And, and, you know, when I was 16, my mom put me on a course, a, a modeling course, because um, I, I was walking like the hunchback of Notre Dame, seriously. I mean, my confidence was at an all-time low. I was very good at growing up my sandwiches at school. And uh, I just, I just, I was just so insecure. And um, this hairdresser at this, this, this course saw me and he wanted me to do a hair show. And I thought, oh, great, why not? I did, but he chopped up my long hair and I had a pixie haircut. I can tell you, Joe, I was horrified. I was horrified. I, I just, I looked horrible. Uh, so that didn't do me any favors. But, you know, I tried, I gave them only a goal, but even there, there's so much abuse. And I mean, I, I was abused there. And, you know, stylists and makeup artists and, and photographers, they just fill you up. And when you're in that world, you just don't quite know what to do. And I know a lot of models that slept around just to get a job. I was not part of that because I just, I didn't even understand men. I just didn't. I think uh, my first relationship, I was 21 and a half. And um, I, 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 I was terrible. I was a green bean. I, they scared me. And uh, all my relationships have been toxic. And it took me until... Gosh, I think until 2000 and 2000, between 2007 and 2009 to start, to start the work on truly healing myself because one of my exes, yeah, I mean, it was such a beautiful reflection to my then very, very naive soul. And um, he was a crypt addict, something I didn't even know. Yes, I deviled in drugs. Yes, I could have killed myself, but my stepdad died in, in 2000. Um, because I was going out with people that didn't have my best interest in me, but then they were broken just as much as I was broken. There were learning curves between many ease one night, and I lost, I, I had a memory loss. I was sweating, and um, having sex with me is not a good idea because you, I, I wasn't even in my body. That's how bad it was, and um, I did tell my mom words, and the first thing she asked me, and this is back in 2000, she said, but you tell you still use it. And I'm like, no, mom, I'm not. Just, you know, after three months, I just went, boom, I don't want this anymore. But fast forward, and, and this guy lived with me in Holland. He was in the States, and uh, yeah, I thought he was a crack addict. Uh, uh, he was dealing with the crips in Holland, and it was it was mind-blowing for me. I'd never seen someone on crack. Uh, I mean, stuff, you know, stuff of mine was pawned. I tried to help him get into rehab because he really wanted to get better, but then he was held for ransom by the Crips in, in, in Holland, and um, I helped the police save him, and uh, the Crips threatened to, threatened to kill me. But my mom had taken me out of Holland in the space of literally two or three days, packed everything up, didn't have much, and um, I started my life from scratch again, in, in, you know, in the, in the UK. And uh, uh, Mark was deported back to the US. Yeah, 
Yeah, so these are some of the things. But you know, I look back. I know he's making amends now, but it's funny because sometimes we try to save people, but what we don't realize is that we enable them, and they need to find their own feet, right? They need to, they need to hit the bottom of that rock, or you know, hit rock bottom, so to speak. Um, they need to find their own way, yeah. Because if we enable them, if we keep trying to save them, we stump their growth because we we have to grow as well so i needed to let him go and um, i did many many years later because we were always in touch and he's been in and out of the system quite a bit but he's finally making amends but i had to kick him i had to shut the door i really had to shut the door but i love him for having been in my life and this is the thing regardless um regardless, even the last one in Florida, but regardless of what I've been through with any of my exes, I still love them. Because how can I not? Right? People remain very, very bitter in what they do or or what they've been through. But when you forgive and you love that experience, you love that person for having been in your life, you let go of that anger. You let go of all these negative emotions. But for me, that part in Holland, was the catalyst to my healing journey because that's when I rolled into Reiki and uh, all the holistic healing. And I was really like a SpongeBob because I also studied uh, the emotional freedom technique, EFT, which is so powerful. It's such a simple, that's tapping, tapping out the emotions uh, of, a, with a, you know, of the experience. And that's so powerful. Um, and I studied to be a meditation teacher, I studied holistic nutrition, uh, and many, many other different healing modalities. Uh, and so that was the start of my healing journey. That's so interesting. It's such an evolved mindset because it's true. When you look back on your life, there's so many things that were, were bad, but when you have time that passes, you realize it makes you grow. It's, it's a way of forgiving and, and uh, just getting better. Um, it's very, very well said. You know, the one thing that's very interesting and very key about our development too, are those role models or heroes. Who was a hero for you? Who was somebody that you admired that made you better? (laughs) There's several people. I think my mom, my mom is my hero. Um, and I, I, I say that because she's always kept me very, very grounded um, so I have the best of both worlds. I always say, uh, with one foot, I'm in the earthly, I'm balanced, and my, you know, with one foot, I'm in the spiritual, um, where I just, you know, fly around and I, 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 I channel with many masters. And, um, and so I'm so glad. Um, I just said my mom has always been there for me. She's like my best friend. She's like my sister. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, she was very strict growing up. Oh my gosh, I mean, I, when I got into a fight with her, I'd be sitting in that room like, in it, as a teenager, right? And I would be sitting in the room thinking, oh my God, how am I going to apologize to my mom? Oh my gosh, you know, and it took me sometimes a day to go up to her and apologize because she was super, super strict. When, when I grew up, and I'm sure that's the same for you, you know, we used to do many house chores and we used to make dinner and... And, and that was normal. In this day and age, it's, it's a little bit different. So I'm glad I, I grew up during, you know, the, the 80s and the 90s. But she, 
I mean, like I said, she's always, always been there for me, regardless of what I've been through. Although sometimes I did shield her from the things that happened because I told her, you know what, it, it was my monkey to carry, not yours. These were my experiences. And she understood that. And even though when I was younger, we didn't always see eye to eye, she now, she's changed so much as well. She now accepts me as I am and I accept her as she is. So let me ask you this. If you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now, who would it be? Who would you love to meet? <laughs> Looks like a trick question. <laughs> it's a really good question, y'all. <laughs> who would I really like to meet? Yeah. No, I, I honestly, I, 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 I don't know. Is there anybody from your past that may not be around right now that you would like to run into that would be good yeah. and cathartic? Maybe we do it that way. Yeah, but you know, if I, if I, I've been asked this question before, and I could say my dad, but you know, my dad is, is I mean, sometimes I see him in, in, in my dreams, or I know when he's around, so, but it would be nice to sit with, you know, have a conversation with him, and, and something I've written about as well, because he was in Rosicrucian, and so he was part of the a AMRC back in the 80s, and... I never knew what a Rosicrucian was. I do remember when I was 16, I wrote a letter to the Rosicrucian order in Holland in The Hague, saying that they killed my dad, and I was really, because I was really upset about it, you know? And uh, I, in, in that letter, I remember writing, how can you tell someone that they can cure themselves when there is medication, right? My dad needed his medication, and he refused to take it. Uh, and when I popped that through the letterbox, oh, I made sure to just to get on my bike and, and bike away as quickly as possible. But now that I understand the Rosicrucians, because the Rosicrucians talk about alchemy, and I talk a lot about alchemy, and it was only that I recently found out when I was writing my book. I was like, oh my gosh, everything's clicking, because I work a lot with the Ascended Master Saint Germain. And alchemy is really about turning right, lead into gold, but it's really transforming the heaviness, the lead of yourself, into the brilliance of the light that you are, you know, to enlighten yourself, right? You lighten the burden, that's what you do, and that's transformation. And I, I, was, I was really blown away when I read about, about the history of the Rosicrucians because we have like Thomas Jefferson, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Um, there was, of course, Saint Germain lived many lifetimes, but um, many of these were Rosicrucians. You know, the one thing too that I think we learned even over the pandemic was how instrumental art has been to us, whether it's reading or, you know, movie, film, whatever. What what art in your life has been instrumental when you were growing up? What was the book and the album? What was the art that really moved you? I've been several books. Um, as a child, I mean, well, as a child it was different, right? Because I, I read novel. I mean, I read kids' books. But many instrumental books. Um, the one book that I really loved is the. Um, it's called The Alchemist by uh, Paulo Coelho. I'm sure you've heard of it. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I live with three generations of women, and they do Reiki, and they're very spiritual, and 
my mother-in-law actually uh, recommended, and I read it. It's a wonderful book. And I still, I still have it. It's very, very yellow now. I have it. <laughs> and the other one that is very old, and I, I read it, and I really like him because my dad liked him. Is Okmandino. Yeah. And he wrote several books, including The Greatest Salesman in the World, and that was like my dad's little Bible. And he wrote many of the verses, cha changing them. Um, and he said to both my sister and I, I like, you know, make sure that you read this in the morning in silence and in the evening aloud for 30 days. Um, every verse, like 30 days. Um, my mom was not happy with that. She's like, you can't do that. And my, my dad's name was Ignis. And she goes, Ignis, you cannot do that. They're kids. They shouldn't be meditating. And that's... You know, my sister and I, I did it, and um, I look back, I still have that book, uh, the exercise book, and sometimes I look at it and I'm like, you know what, it's actually, and this was written in the 1980s, uh, 1988, 87, 88 to be precise, and I look back and I'm thinking, you know what, it's actually amazing, Ogmandino is amazing. Throughout your life, you've learned quite a bit, I mean, you've told me so many tales already. You know, we all gain wisdom throughout our lives, and I'm curious, if you were to have a dream tonight and run into your 20-year-old version of yourself, and you could give that version a piece of advice based on the wisdom and the roads that you've been down, what would you tell your young version? I can tell you this much. She'd probably turn around and roll her eyes, but, you know, more cock. <laughs> but, yeah, she would. Um, but I would say that, that everything that she's been through to... Just to see all our experiences with gratitude and appreciation, and no matter how life, how hard life may get, to not take it out on yourself—that's something that I did. Yeah, and to look in the mirror and see that you're a beautiful person, because every single being on this planet is beautiful. We don't always see it because we're so cloaked. Um, and just to you know to to live her life fully. And presently, in her most authentic, in her most wholesome nature, uh, you know, her most authentic self, and to not be ashamed of anything that she's been through, and to not fear, uh, to not fear to hurt people, um, you know, not, and not to be used as a doormat, uh, because life is really beautiful. And I mean, I was a slow turtle. Um, and like I said, if I were to tell my 20-year-old something that now, she'd just walk off and think, oh, man, she's nuts. So let's get the uh, to the essence of who you are. Everyone has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your clients, colleagues. Okay. But you ultimately live your life. You're in control of your existence. Who do you think you are? What's your perception of who you are? I mean, you mentioned that. I wrote about that, actually. Everyone sees me differently. Everyone has a different perspective of who I am. And it's like, oh, does anybody really know you? Well, it doesn't matter if they know you. What is important that you understand who you are and that you live your life according to who you believe yourself to be, you know, without restrictions, uh, without all these labels of who society dictates you to be. No, it's about standing in your own truth and it's something that I had to learn because I never dared to speak my mind. Now I speak my mind, 
but not in, in not in egotistical way, but with respect towards others. But I'm not I'm not even worried about what they think of me. It doesn't bother me. And I think that's really about standing in your own I am power and people know exactly what they get with me because I will always say it like it is. I do that in business as well because that's the best way to be. And I wouldn't have been promoted with a couple of weeks ago if I hadn't worked so hard and just spoke my truth in every single meeting and just, you know, well, I'm just my most authentic self. So if anyone out there wants to learn more about you, your services, anything revolving around your world, where's the best place for them to go? You can go to my website, powersoulhealing.com. Uh, and then they, I'm also on Instagram and uh, Facebook on the Universal Light Warriors. Wonderful. This has been great. Thank you for, for being patient. Thank you for taking a minute out. Have a great 2023. Well, yeah, you too. Enjoy enjoy 2023. I'm sure it's going to be an amazing year. Actually, it's going to be a very transformative year for many, many people. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, spirituality, business, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube or Spotify. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.